Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. That's a true statement right there. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. You can be on the show if you promoted it earlier. No? He's coming back around for another loop. Get him out of here. Thunder and lightning. This guy. Ah! That was Michael Borky. <laughs> it's Thunder and Lightning live, and I do mean live. We are here at Ace Bolton Screw uh, here in Greenwood. They are wrapping things up on a long day here. Middays was here. Sports Talk Mississippi was here. I think Richard's stealing the bus. Stop him. Stop that man. And now I'm here. Glad to be with you here on a Wednesday evening. I'm Brian Haydad. I don't know if I, I mentioned that, and I, I hope that you would know it at this point. The C Spire text line is open to you. I'm going to imagine we're going to ask some questions tonight, but it's 601-879-4395. And, of course, Rhino down there in Studio X making sure that we, uh, we move along very smoothly, as along with Houston and Alex and Scary Gary. I got the whole crew here on Thunder and Lightning tonight, so exciting times. So how was your Monday? Let me tell you about mine. Uh, I got up, and I was going to go for a walk. I was going to try to be responsible and get my exercise in. And then I got a phone call that said, hey, it's happening. And so I made a couple of quick texts, and I found out that it was indeed happening. And so I didn't ever get to go on my walk. On, uh, on, on Monday. I went to go get a haircut, too. I had to wait till Tuesday for that. How do, how do I look, Alex? Do I look, did my haircut look good? Great, great. That's good news. You always want to, always ask a good-looking woman how your hair looks. Don't ever ask anybody else how your hair looks. So, and so as we all know, at this point, uh, Zach Arnett is no longer the head coach at Mississippi State. The, the number one question I've been asked over and over again is, are you surprised? And what did he say? What do you say? The thing that I've been asked over and over again is, are you surprised? And the answer is no, I'm not surprised. I'm trying to be professional here. Uh, I'm not surprised that by the decision. I was surprised by the timing of it. And, and to, to let him go uh, with two games left to play, that surprised me. But then again, State played so poorly on Saturday night in College Station. Uh, absolutely demolished by a Texas A&M team that, quite frankly, isn't very good, was down to its third-string quarterback. You know, it's third-string quarterback versus third-string quarterback. I thought it was going to be an ugly, low-scoring game, and instead it's 51-10. to And Texas A&M thought so little of that win that they fired their coach the next day. They won by 41, and they said, that win means so little to us that we're going to fire our coach. That's 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 not good. That's not a good spot to be in. And so Zach Selman made what I'm sure was a very difficult decision. Mississippi State has been a university that's kind of been plagued by difficult decisions for the past 12, 13 months. They've lost their athletic director to an, another SEC school. Then they have the tragic passing of a football coach. Something that no, no school has ever had to deal with uh, 
in recent years. I think it's happened maybe like two or three times ever. Uh, and then, you, you know, you have to go through that, and, and, and it's just now you have to make another decision. And it's tough. It's tough. And the people of Mississippi State – uh, are looking for some continuity now with this hire. If you if you told me, you asked me what is the, the the one thing state wants to get out of this hire? Obviously, one is winning. They want to hire a winner. And if you listen to to Zach Selman's comments on Monday, winning traits. He said that over and over again. That's what he's looking for first. He's not going to lock himself into air raid or option or offense versus defense or this that or the other winner. This person has been a winner. So that's that's the first thing. But I think the second thing they would really like to have is another Mullen. And I don't mean that from a guy who comes in and, you know, he's looking for a job here and there every year. No, just somebody who can come in and give you some continuity and some, some, some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just, just some peace, man. Some peace of mind for the next four or five years that that's your head coach and that's who it's going to be, and and you can you can lock him in and 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 you don't have to worry about doing this year after year. I think Mississippi State is tired of coaching searches. Think about it. Think about you know we are basically two weeks from. The, I could look up the exact date, but I don't want to. From the 2017 Egg Bowl, Mullen State loses that game. Mullen is gone the next day to Florida. Since that, since then, Joe Moorhead, Mike Leach, Zach Arnett, and now another coach will be here on, you know, sooner rather than later. Mississippi State's kind of tired of, of coaching searches, I think. So they want to try to find the next guy who can give them five, six, and maybe even a decade. You know, this is a time at Mississippi State where you can be competitive with salaries, you can be competitive with your NIL, and you can keep a coach for a long time. The good news is for State is that for whatever reason, this year, there is a tremendous pool of candidates to pick from, from the group of five, from maybe from a power five, and coordinators. There are some real candidates. There are, there are, there are guys where if you say, well, he wasn't State's first choice, but that was still a really good hire, you can be truthful about that this year. That, you know, we put out our first hot board, Yesterday, I figured everybody else was getting in on the hot board business. Everybody else is like, hey, we've got our hot board with this, that, and they're putting God knows who on there, just pulling names out of a hat to be the next coach at Mississippi State. You know, his, his brother's uncle's cousin went to school here. Put him on the board, not, not the hate at hot board. We got real candidates on there. And I would tell you now that I think the number one guy, if, if Zach Selman could pull his number one guy, and I, you know, Zach Selman told us, don't believe unless you heard it from him. I didn't hear this from him, so maybe you don't want to believe it. But I think that, that, that Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina is the number one guy. I really do think that he fits the bill of what State wants to do. He's an exciting, offensive, young coach who's been a winner at every stop he's made. Outside of one stop here in the Delta and over at Delta State, he has been a 10-win coach at every other stop he's made. At least one season there, he's had double-digit wins, and he's on the verge of that now with, with Liberty. They're sitting at, uh, at 9-0. That's probably the top guy. Willie Fritz, yes. John Sumrall, sure. G.J. Kinney, okay. Tom Herman, why not. Charles Huff, you could talk me into it. Jeff Levy, I can be convinced. There's just a lot of good names. And, I, I mean, I, I could have gone three or four more deep into that list. I feel very confident that 
that Mississippi State will get a quality head coach. I, 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 one thing that Selman said on uh, on Monday that that sort of stood out to me was that you know you you you, you take you, you can't neglect how long he's been involved in the game of football. His father and two of his uncles are the most famous football players in the history of the University of Oklahoma. His uncle was a pro football Hall of Famer. He's been involved in college athletics as a player and an administrator his entire adult life. So he knows what he's doing. He's going to have a deep well of connections to, to go into. I mean, this is a guy who's worked with Bob Stoops. He's worked with Lincoln Riley. You know, he, he, he's worked with, uh, with Jim Grobe over at Wake Forest, who's, who's got a good coaching tree. He's worked at North Carolina with Bubba Cunningham. So, I mean, those coaches who have been through there, he's going to have some connections to. I don't think he's going to limit himself. So, why is Gus Malzahn not at the top of the list? I, I just I think State wants to go with a younger guy. And I also don't know that, that Malzahn, a guy who, you know, say what you want, he was a four-loss coach every year at Auburn. So, can you count on him to be better than that for you at Mississippi State? You know, State would like to take a shot at being a 9-10 win program every now and then. And that's, that, I, I just don't know that Malzahn is the guy that can do that. You know, I, I just don't know. And plus, and on top of the, from the other side of that, is Malzahn might just be happy over there at Central Florida. That's a Big 12 school. He's got a you know, much easier path to the playoff at Central Florida than he does at Mississippi State. So I don't know that that's a good fit for either, either side, to be totally honest with you. Who is a good fit for this? You know, there's, there's a lot of names to throw out there. And, and honestly, how is this job being perceived nationally? Because it is an SEC job. The resources are good. The facilities are good. You've got a good fan base to pull from. But you also fired a coach after 10 games. And that, that's going to leave a mark with some. So, I think we have our first repeat guest coming up in just a few minutes. Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports. He had Arnett on a hot seat, hot seat list about a month ago. Um, which is when the time went, that started happening. And I, so I, I was telling you guys, hey, he's not on those lists as a coincidence. They're not just putting him on there to put him on there. So, you know, this is, it feels like it was been in the works. And you finally get the ultimate moment there on Monday when Zach Arnett is no longer the head coach at Mississippi State. So we're going to talk about that with Brandon Marcello when we come back. We'll talk about this coaching search, some potential candidates, his thoughts on it. Uh, we will talk some basketball on this show. I'm very excited about the start for Mississippi State men's basketball. They're off to a fantastic start. Something else is happening this weekend, too. I've just lost control. I just lost, you know, where, where is it? What is it? I don't know. Well, maybe by the end of the show, I'll remember the other thing that's happening at Mississippi State this weekend. We'll talk about that when we come back. Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports will join us when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live from Ace Bolton Screw in Greenwood. Back in just a minute. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Thunder and lightning here at Ace Bolton Screw in Greenwood, Mississippi. It's dark and cold out here, which is kind of like how my life is sometimes. Thankfully, I have good friends like Brandon Marcello to come cheer me up. Brandon from 24-7 Sports, one of the top college football reporters in all of the land. 
Brandon, just give me what your, your, your first reaction was when you found out on Monday morning that, uh, that Zach Arnett had, was no longer the head coach at Mississippi State. Yeah, the, I know, as you know, the chatter had been warming up the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, last week, it, you know, we were having some meetings actually at 24-7 how, about how it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. It was about timing and when that was going to happen. And, you know, sure enough, it happens before the Egg Bowl going up next week, which I think obviously, you know, for reasons, they don't want to, quote-unquote, maybe give him a chance to confuse the uh, the lines there if he were to upset Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. But, um, you know, it's it's sad for a lot of reasons, but, you know, he was having to face questions throughout the offseason about are you just a kind of a stopgap coach? Are you someone there just for a year or two and – you know, he obviously took issue with that, but he knew he had to prove himself, and it's just not too surprising to see that Mississippi State moved on. And, you know, we've talked about this before on your show, just the decision to kind of go completely against the grain offensively of what they had personnel-wise and it just not working. Um, you know, this isn't, wasn't going to be an overnight shift, and uh, seemingly he tried to make it an overnight shift, and that just didn't work. I keep going back to something you talked about with me. We had a we had an interview before the season. I think it was on the podcast, and you talked about college football. Everybody's on a one year deal now, basically. You talked about it doesn't matter who the coach is. The money is so big, everything is so so advanced now that you just can't be afford to fall behind. Even if it's Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, they can only have one bad year at most. For, for Mississippi State, with a program like Mississippi State that you know is going to have some down years every now and then. Is the coaching profession going to look at Mississippi State and say, 10 games, that's all they gave that guy? I don't know about that job? Probably not, um, because I think, obviously, the you know the circumstances being different, him having to step in uh, after the passing of Mike Leach, and, of course, the preseason chatter and questions being, is he just a short-term fix? Um, he wasn't like a coach like, say, uh, you know, Brian Harson at Auburn, where he was hired and, it, you know, usually give a coach three, four years to work things out. And after year one, seemingly he was already out the door uh, and they were just working on ways to get rid of him. Um, but I, I think this is a little bit different. And you're right. The money's big. It's monopoly money at this point. And listen, there are a bunch of hungry coaches out there that want jobs, whether it's assistant coaches to head coaches. And Mississippi State's not going to have any problem, you know, uh, drawing any interest. So let's talk about some some of those candidates. I feel like a lot of the hot boards are, are kind of similar. You've seen a few that with some some wacky candidates on there, but by and large, the names are Jamie Chadwell, Willie Fritz, John Sumrall, Tom Herman. Give me a guy that's that's right there in the mix that you think, hey, that guy would be an outstanding fit at Mississippi State. I think John Sumrall at Troy. Um, you know. It'd be interesting. This coaching carousel could be very interesting just because, you know, some people question, like, for example, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. I think he's going to stick around. I don't think he's going to retire or anything. But if he were, you know, they'd go after Mark Stoops. And if Mark Stoops were to leave Kentucky, the easy fit there seems to be John Sumrall. And John is going to be getting some suitors of his own here, depending on the type of job that opens up. Um, and then there's others that out there to kind of look at. I know some people have mentioned Dan Mullen, whether round two would be of interest to him, but I'm not sure that it's of interest to uh, athletics director Zach Selman yet. But, you know, I say the longer this goes on for another three weeks, but it probably will go on for three weeks, um, unless it's someone just out of the profession completely. 
Um, you know, this could have some twists and turns. You could hear some more coordinator names, I think, come up in the next week or so as this kind of goes along. But, you know, to me, the guy that makes a lot of sense and just kind of would fit in that, I think, would be John Summerall from Troy. Can, is State capable of taking a big swing at a guy like Lance Leipold, a Chris Kleiman, or, or a sitting Power 5 coach? Obviously, they got Mike Leach a couple of years ago, but I feel like Leach is, uh, is a different kind of situation there that you know some Power 5 teams were just going to pass on him no matter what his record was. But Leipold is a hot name right now. Kleiman is going to be kind of a hot name with some jobs. Is State capable of getting a Power 5 guy in here? I think it had to be an interesting circumstance, very similar, as you said, to Mike Leach. I think, you know, Washington State, you know, the resources were what they were, and you saw an opportunity to go to the SEC and be successful and win big. Um, whereas at Kansas and Kansas State, I know people kind of they have their tinted glasses on and go, yeah, those programs don't really have a lot of money, but my goodness, do you see what Kansas is about to do? They're about to spend almost half a billion dollars, half a billion with the B guys. Mm-hmm. on revamping their stadium, expanding it, building an athletics village that is centered on football. They're willing to pay him a lot of money there. And then Kansas State, they've got their tradition. They've got fantastic recruiting footprint. They've been very successful there, and they have a blueprint to keep that going in the new look of Big 12. And both have voiced support for staying, which, of course, not, the word doesn't mean anything anymore, but – um, you also have to consider that there are other programs already interested in those guys. Michigan State in particular interested in Lance Leopold. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. You know, I know a lot of people sit there and just think, okay, you know, Brandon comes on the air or whoever is keeping up with these coaching searches. And if I mention a name or two, it's like, oh, that guy's definitely going to interview or go for it. It's not necessarily how it works. A lot of times these things come together quickly within like 24 to 48 hours. And sometimes, it's a situation where um, maybe Mississippi State is interested in Lance Leopold or whatever, but maybe it becomes very quickly apparent to them, even though they're not told, that they're not necessarily interested. And I get the feeling those two will not be and are not interested in Mississippi State at this point. If State were to go the coordinator route, who should they be looking at? Man, that's a good question. Um, you know, there's a name out there uh, – that I do wonder how people would feel about this. And this is one that I just throw out there that I don't, I don't know if Mississippi State is actually looking at. But uh, Pete Carroll's son, who's the offensive coordinator at Arizona, okay. very successful, interesting offense. He can recruit his tail off. I don't even know if he's ready to be a head coach yet. He's in his mid-40s, though. He's someone that could be a fast riser and ends up being someone who draws some – a uh, group of five interests, which, of course, Mississippi State fans are go, we don't want that type of coach. But this is a guy that could very well be very successful uh, as a Power Five head coach. Um, I'm interested to see if Mississippi State tries to hire someone before a Texas A&M fills up or Michigan State fills up. Because if that ends up being the case, I don't think it's because they necessarily stole one of their candidates. That shows to me that Mississippi State – and Zach Selman has a really good idea of who they want. Another coordinator, obviously, I think I'm sure they've told you guys have talked about this plenty on your show, is Jeff Levy at Oklahoma. Zach's got connections there, obviously, and, and knows him. But I do wonder about just to be an interesting dynamic between Jeff and Lane Kiffin in that state 
And then also Jeff has some baggage that comes along with him uh, with uh, the, the Bryles family and all the sideline stuff that's been happening over the last several years, including this year. Um, uh, that, that would probably be too hot of a button to actually touch there. You think you'd have sort of a, another Mullen-free situation with Lebby and Kiffin? Potentially, though, you know, Lane is so uh, almost tongue-in-cheek nowadays with that. I'm not certain that he would even be <laughs> really into that uh, on a serious basis. You know, listen, you know what would be interesting um, here, Brian? Uh, UCLA job is likely going to open yes. uh, from what we're hearing. I'd be interested to hear if Lane Kiffin would be interested in going back to L.A. and playing in the Big Ten. Um, and UCLA, not to say that they're, they're they're knocking on his door or anything like that, but that could be an interesting thing to watch when and if UCLA comes open. And as of right now, as they go into this USC game, it's pointing that direction. Well, I'll just say that, you know, from my perspective, it's been almost 72 hours, and Kiffin has not denied that he's taken the Mississippi State <laughs> So, it's, I mean, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Like every, like even now, you know, when we put these lists together of potential candidates, those lists come out, and then all of a sudden, reporters feel the need like we got to ask the coach about this potential list. Yeah. <laughs> now, li- now, listen. Here's the thing: a lot of these lists are, yes, they're sourced well. They're coming from industry insiders, and these are the names are going to be bandied about between right. agents, among agents, and everything. But these aren't necessarily the guys that the ads have on their list. It may or may not be, but these are the names that are most likely being bandied about by the agents mm-hmm. and some of the coaches in the industry, not necessarily yeah. these ADs. So not, don't, not to go too inside baseball there, but keep that in mind when you see these lists, including mine. And the same thing goes for hot seat lists, too. The, the, you're yeah. not just pull, pulling names out of a hat. Somebody is, is giving you that information. That's what I was trying to tell state fans. When you, you and guys like you were writing articles and Arnett was on there, I was like, he didn't just decide to put Arnett on that list. So, Brandon, I appreciate your time, man. Always great to talk to you, my friend. And uh, you have a good Thanksgiving if I don't see you between now and then. You too, man. I'm absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Whew. It is brisk. Out here in the Delta tonight. Cold, chilly night, but I'm glad to be with you here on Thunder and Lightning, live from Ace Bolton Screw here in Greenwood, Mississippi. By the way, and this is a free plug. They didn't didn't pay for this one. This is a great place, though. If you are needing any kind of power tools, they've got all the best-name brands, everything right here. It is like an amusement park for grown men out here. Come check it out here on West Park Avenue in Greenwood. I think they have, they have locations all over the state. You need If they're, if all the stores are like this, yeah, you need to come check out Ace Bolt and Screw. Let's talk some hoops. Right, enough of that. We'll leave, leave that behind. We've we got, we got plenty of time to talk about what we just talked about with the co- coaching search. We've got plenty of time to talk about that because it's going to be a couple of uh, – a couple weeks. You know, I th- if you said, Brian, put a date on that before the SEC championship game, I would think. So that's the 2nd of December. That gives you two and a half weeks to get your, your class together, go into the portal and do what you got to do there. That's, that's, that's what you're just going to be dealing with. So, uh, Mississippi State basketball. Uh, breaking news. They're good. That's a good basketball team. Um, 
you know, we were all wondering about this team. And, you know, they, their first game was a week ago uh, tonight. And, you know, how are they going to look without Tolu Smith? And, and, and you know, what is this team going to be? And what we've seen, we've seen through three games is a team that is the same intense, tough, hard-nosed defensive team, but they found a little bit of a shooting touch. And I, I got a huge kick out of Chris Jantz on Saturday when he said, you know, I told all of you that we were going to be better three-point shooting team this year. Of course, we were last last year, so I had some room on that. I had some wiggle room, and he was right. But State's newcomers have been really good for them, and it, a different leading scorer in each of these three games, and each game it has been one of the newcomers. It was Trey Fort on uh, last Wednesday, who really only got the start because Shaq Moore was suspended. Saturday, it's the true freshman Josh Hubbard. And then last night against North Alabama, Jimmy Bell, the West Virginia transfer, comes in and gives you 14 points and 14 rebounds. That's the kind of stat line I would expect from Tolu Smith. Never mind his backup. So State is playing at a really high level right now to the point where when Tolu comes back, if they can maintain this level and then add what Tolu Smith gives to them, they are going to be a very tough team to beat throughout the season. They're going to be a team that is locked into an NCAA tournament spot, a, a high seed in the NCAA tournament, a team that you don't want to play in March kind of team. That's the kind of, of basketball they're playing right now. And, you know, if you were a person, a lot of people who are, you know, they with Chris Chance, they're like, man, his first year was so good, but what's he going to do in year two? I think State's just got one of the best coaches in the SEC sitting on the sideline. I think that he is uh, he's playing at a really, really high level or coaching at a really, really high level. I think he, he went out and he found the right pieces that this team needed. They found they needed some scoring. They needed to get a, a competent number five to back up Tolu Smith. They needed some athleticism, some guys who could create their own shot. He went and found those things, and now Mississippi State's dangerous. I think this is a dangerous basketball team. I think they're going to compete for the Southeastern Conference Championship at the end of this. They're just, they just look good. They look the part. you know. And I've seen – Good basketball teams at Mississippi State before, so I know what I'm looking at by the way they play. I mean, Arizona State was a tournament team last year. I know they lost a lot of players, but but Bobby Hurley is a great coach, you know, and and they 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 dominated them from start to finish. They they were in complete control of the game from the beginning to the end. It was ten to nine at one point, Arizona State, and it went to the half, thirty nine eighteen. So that's a thirty to nine run by Mississippi State to close out the first half. This past Saturday against UT Martin, they just they dominated the game from start to finish. Last night against North Alabama, they 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 it was close at times in the second half, but then State closes the game on a massive run and puts the game to bed. And when you look at this non-conference schedule, there are some interesting games in there. They play these neutral site tournaments, they play a couple of neutral site games at, at uh in Tupelo, uh, they have one in Atlanta with Tulane. They have another game in Atlanta with Georgia Tech, which so that'll be an actual away game. So they have some opportunities to get some quad two wins and really build up that net ranking before they get into SEC play. So they they are they are a a very interesting team to watch right now because they're they're playing better than I thought they would at the start of the season. You know, I thought it was going to be about you know trying to find their way without Tolu. And, and, you know, do the guards pick up the slack and, and do, 
this, that, and the other. And instead, it's just been, it's like they don't miss him almost, which is just crazy. I would never have guessed that. You know, when Tolu Smith, when they announced his, uh, his injury a few weeks ago, and you found out he was going to be out for a while. We had Chris Jans on. He said mid-January. There have been some reports that he might be back sooner than that. But, you know, it's just about, well, can they survive? You know, without survive was the word. Can they survive without Tolu Smith? They're thriving through three games. Now, it's just three games. It's a short sample size. But, again, when you win all three games by double digits, when you are in control of all these games, when you're not ever in doubt in any of these games – it doesn't really matter who you're playing. I mean, you, you know you've got a pretty good team. So I'm very excited to see the rest of this basketball season. They have two games this weekend um, in this tournament up at the Mohegan Sun. Let me get the – I don't know. I hate to do the, the tell you a tournament and then not tell you the exact name of the tournament because they put a lot of money into that, the marketing. The Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. That's They play Washington State. Now that is at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And you have to have ESPN Plus. That is, if you are above the age of 50, this next announcement is for you. That is not SEC Network Plus. That is a paid subscription to ESPN. If you don't have that, you can't watch that game. So you need to find out if you have an ESPN Plus, not SEC Network Plus. Or, you can, of course, you can just listen to, uh, to Neil and Coach Williams on many of your local Super Talk affiliates. Uh, that game's at 11 a.m., and then they play the winner of Northwestern and Rhode Island the next day at either noon or 2.30. So, I mean, a chance to play a, a, a Pac-12 team and then a, a, a Big Ten team in two days. Then they play Nichols the Friday after the Egg Bowl. Nichols just beat LSU at LSU a few weeks ago. Now, I don't think LSU is a – I say a few weeks ago, a few days ago. Uh, I don't think LSU is still back to where they were when Will Wade was cashing checks, but they 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 won that game. And then you have that game I mentioned a minute ago, the ACC-SEC Challenge against Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech had a really bad loss uh, Saturday or sorry Tuesday night against UMass Lowell. That is a real school, UMass Lowell. The Riverhawks, great team. Uh, but they beat Georgia Tech. But, be, again, to go on the road – have a chance to get a true road win against a power conference opponent, that should end up at worst a quad two win if you can get it. So some real good opportunities here. And then I mentioned that game, uh, another a trip back to Atlanta on December the 9th to play Tulane as part of the holiday hoops giving uh, doubleheader. I think the second game is Auburn and Indiana. Then you have Magnolia Madness. So if you're a Mississippi State fan in the city of Tupelo, you haven't, can't make it to the hump. You can go see the Bulldogs play North Texas at the uh, Cadence Bank Center on December 17th, 3 p.m. tip there. Speaking of the hump, uh, my thoughts. Some people have been asking me about that. Uh, we had Bubba from Starville thought one of my thoughts on it. I thought that compete for the SEC championship, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, Brian. Do you know there's one team in the SEC that's never won the regular season championship? Do, do, do you know who it is, Dwight? Do, do you know who it is? I'm talking about the original 10. Do you, do you know? I know. Anyway, uh, I mean, this is a team that went to the tournament last year and returned all five starters. What's not to like? I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Um, the hump. I had a friend who made a really good point when it came to the hump. He said they should have re- referred to it as an upgrade and not a renovation. And I said that makes a lot of sense because when you call it a renovation, it's, it doesn't pop for me. 
I feel like I'm still watching games in the same arena. Now, yeah, there's some some cosmetic changes, and there's some things that are nicer than they were a season ago, but it, it's not a brand spanking new arena. It doesn't. When if you tell me they spent fifty million dollars in there, I, I have trouble seeing that. So it's it's nicer, it's better, but it doesn't pop for me. So I think it was a a, a terrible. Uh, I, I said from the beginning that I thought the the decision to stay in the hump and not just build an entirely new arena was a mistake. And now with this renovation, you will be uh, you'll be there for quite a while. So. I, I just didn't think that was a great idea, but it is what it is. All right, something something else is happening this weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick Google search, and when I come back, we'll talk about that. I'm I'm sure I'll find it. Don't worry about that. Something else is going on at Mississippi State this weekend. What is it? Let me let me let me look on the computer real quick, and I'll come back and talk about it. Uh, and then we'll be back in just a minute. It's Thunder and Lightning live from Ace Bolton Screw here in Greenwood, Mississippi. Back in just a few minutes. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! One last go-round with you here on Super Talk Mississippi, Thunder and Lightning live from Ace Bolton Screw here in Greenwood. I did the Google search. <laughs> There's a football game this weekend. How could I forget? How could I forget? Mississippi State versus Southern Mississippi. This is a game that back in August, August Bryan was very confident that Mississippi State would win this game and win it easily. I would have said, you know, wait, what's your prediction? I don't know, 48-17, something like that. That's changed. That has changed. Um, I do think State's going to get a bit of good news this weekend. I, I do believe that uh, that Will Rogers will be back this weekend. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not I'm not saying that he's he's going to play, but I'm saying that I feel like it's trending that direction. And if that is the case, then that at least means State can be able to move the football a bit and and do some things offensively. You know, if they can move the football the way they moved it against Western Michigan, against South Carolina, against, you know, uh, Arizona to a certain extent, then they'll be fine. They'll be fine, and they should be able to win the game and maybe even be close to covering it. Um, If Rodgers can't play – State will have to really, really grind hard to win this game because USM's coming in with a ton of confidence right now, for, and, and and that offense is clicking a little bit. And the the move that Will Hall made to to give power to play calling power over to his coordinators has worked, and they are playing. They've come off a couple of wins, and they're they're looking good. So for State, you know. One thing I always say when we're talking about potential upsets is you got you got to nip that in the bud. You can't allow a, an underdog to hang around with you. That's how upsets happen, all right? You put it up, you get you get up 21 points on an on an underdog, and the game should just go the rest of the way. We under attack here. What's going on there? Uh, but you let them hang around. You let them get out of the first quarter. 
with a, with a lead, or it's a seven to three or ten seven kind of game, well then you got to strap in because you're gonna you're gonna get four quarters. So state needs to punch early. I agree with what Richard Cross said yesterday on the show. State needs to hit a haymaker really early in this game and try to put USM away. If they can't do it, it's going to be a long, long afternoon for the Bulldogs. Um, so Rogers being back will play a big role in that. I don't expect Marks back uh, for Mississippi State, but Rogers coming back and being able to do some things in the passing game, and Mississippi State's offensive line should be okay against the Southern Miss defensive line. The Southern Miss defense has not been really good this year. These last couple games they've won, they've won because their offense has kind of finally stepped up. You know, you're finally getting the ball into Frank Gore, and he's moving the ball, and they're getting some better quarterback play, and they're, they're, they're running this sort of two-QB system that's working for them. So for State, having Rodgers and being able to pass the ball down the field, which quite honestly Mike Wright, he can't do. He just can't do it. He can't do it with any kind of real accuracy. You know, I've been watching these games these past few weeks, and, I mean, I'm seeing open receivers. I'm not saying, you know, keep Kevin Barbe, but I am saying that receivers are getting open. But Wright can't, can't make those throws, and then Parson's just not ready yet. He's just not ready yet. So, I mean, I think Parson can be a good quarterback for Mississippi State at some point. That point is not right now. So State coming, getting Rodgers back will be huge. If, if State gets Rodgers back, I mean, I would say your final score is something like – 31-13, 31-14. If they don't get Rodgers back, it's probably closer to like 17-14. And it's really, really tough. And State might have to – that might be a last-second field goal the Bulldogs get to get a win. I think they'll get the win, but I'm not confident. I'm not sitting here telling you, you know, oh, it's, it's a done deal. You know, six months ago, yeah, it was going to be an easy win. But then I watched the teams play. And you can't, you can't sit there with a straight face and say you've watched Mississippi State play the past three, four weeks and say, oh, yeah, they'll beat them easily. I don't think State can beat anybody easily right now. This is a, a team with very low confidence. We'll see what Greg Knox is able to do with that group. And if he can get Rodgers back, yeah, it should, it should go the Bulldogs' way. But this is not going to be a walk in the park that a lot of, you know, Mississippi State and Southern Mississippi the past few, few times out, State's won very easily. And a part of that's basically because it's not 1990 anymore, and the, the two programs have just taken different paths. This game is going to be, I think, similar to what we, we used to see from Mississippi State and Southern Miss back in the 80s when Southern Mississippi had the upper hand a lot of the time. I don't think Southern Mississippi has the upper hand, but they are going to come show up to play, and they're going to give Mississippi State all they want. And if State doesn't play well, they can easily lose this game. I think they'll win. I think they'll win. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to be. So we'll see. Jeff not got no no belief in his uh, Golden Eagles. He says state 45 to 3. I don't see that happening. I don't see state scoring 45 on anybody. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right, guys. Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow live at the Golden Moon in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning podcast 5 days a week. I'll be back here next week. Not here. In my studio next week for Thunder and Lightning. For Rhino down there in Studio X, for all the good folks here in Greenwood, Alex, Houston, Scary Gary, I appreciate it. Talk to you guys again soon. It's been Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.